turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, March the 3rd, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today on March March 3rd, 1974, a Turkish airline, DC-10, it crashed shortly after takeoff from Orly Airport in Paris. One of the worst crashes in recent history killed all 346 people on board. Today in 1791, Congress passed a measure taxing distilled spirits. It was the first Internal Revenue Act in U.S. history. Today in 1845, Florida became the 27th state. Today in 1849, the U.S. Department of the Interior was established. Today in 1863, President Abraham Lincoln signed a measure creating the National Academy of Sciences. Today in 1931, the Star-Spangled Banner became the national anthem of the United States. That is the only national anthem of any country in the world that ends with a question. The question is, oh, say does that star-spangled banner still wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave? I think a lot of people in America today are asking themselves that question. Does that star-spangled banner, does what it represents, the freedom, the liberty, Does that still wave over our land? There are those who work with their policies and their intentions and their personal agendas to undermine the very principles that gave us and sustained the God-given freedom and liberty that we have. That's a question that is before the American people today. We respond not with war, but by voting and working to elect candidates that we believe will best represent those principles upon which this nation was founded. Does that star-spangled banner still wave? There's an election coming up this year, November. We'll see what happens. There's another one coming up in just about two and a half years. We'll see what happens. One thing for sure, God is in control. I noticed as I was looking at various things that happened in history today, today in 1960, Lucille Ball filed for divorce from her husband, Desi Arnaz. The day after they finished filming the last episode of the Lucille Ball-Desi Arnaz show. Sad. One year ago, Today, officials testifying at the Senate hearing said Defense Department leaders had delayed sending help for hours on January 6th, despite an urgent plea for the reinforcement from police protecting the U.S. Capitol building. I noticed Nancy Pelosi, she was not only sitting behind the president the other night, Tuesday night, at his State of the Union address, not only sitting there smiling and talking to people in the audience, drawing attention to herself, actually away from the president, 
she was rubbing her hands. It was very unusual. It was, I mean, odd, to say the least. I don't know if she knows that our liberties and freedoms are on the line today in America. But she's part of the problem. She certainly isn't part of the solution. It's kind of embarrassing when you look at our leadership in America today. I mean, honestly, I don't I don't say this to be unkind. It's just concerning. When you see a president stumbling over the words that he's saying and people standing by to correct him and help him and lead him, including the press, and then you see the vice president cackling and laughing when someone asks her a question she doesn't know the answer to or really doesn't want to answer. And then you see Nancy Pelosi acting like a senile old woman. It's a little concerning. I say that not with malice. I mean, I'm just saying that's what I observe. That's what I see. And it's concerning in that we're looking at the leadership of America. In a sense, if the president was for some reason unable to continue serving as president, Kamala Harris would become the president of the United States. And if she wasn't able to step in and run the country, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, would be running America. So if you forgot to say your prayers for our country last night, don't forget to do so tonight when you go to bed. I, It's unthinkable, but I mean, that's the reality of where we are in our country. And we have so much incredible leadership in our country, but they are not close to the presidency as we speak. I think that will change. I pray that will change. Boy, the UN, I don't follow the UN very closely, but Man, that Secretary General, that Antonio Guterres or Gutierrez, uh, he was really angry last night. He's demanding that Russia cease its invasion of Ukraine. And of course, Russia's paying no attention to the UN. They never really have. But he's demanding that they stop this invasion of Ukraine immediately. He's, I think he's Portuguese. And uh, Moscow continued to show little to no regard. I don't even know if they were listening to, I don't even know if Putin knows what he said, but other people in the world do. He called for a uh, an emergency general assembly session uh, yesterday and last night. He said that the re- he wanted a resolution, which doesn't have any teeth to it. I mean, it's, ju- it's just a resolution. It, it is, there's nothing they can do about it. But the vote on the aggression against Ukraine resolution was 141 to 5. But interestingly enough, 35 nations abstained from voting. That means they were afraid to vote against Russia. It was moved and approved under the shadow of Russia bombarding the Ukraine's second largest city as they moved toward Kiev or Kiev. They were taking on two ports, including Odessa, and this huge convoy of Russian military vehicles, as we have heard, I'm sure you've heard, are standing by, poised outside the capital of Kiev, or Kiev itself. Gutierrez told reporters immediately after the vote, he was, just, I mean, he was hot. I've never seen the UN excited or 
you know, worked up about anything like that, except maybe their salary and their grants from the United States. But he was really hot. He said, the message of the General Assembly is loud and clear, he told the press. He said, end hostility. He was shouting when he said this. End hostilities in Ukraine. Now, silence the guns. Now, open the door to dialogue and diplomacy. Now, he said, we don't have a moment to lose. And He said, the brutal effects of the conflict are plain to see. It threatens to get much, much worse. Well, it does. Um, he has a point there. Vladimir Putin had a phone call, an hour and a half phone call yesterday with France, the leader of France, Macron. And there's Reuters is the only one that carried a story about this this morning. It will be in the news later, I'm sure. But Reuters is saying, as a result of that hour and a half telephone conversation, Joe Biden, President Biden keeps giving us the impression that he's really in the mix and, you know, right in the in, on the inside of all of this. Well, he's not really from what I'm reading. I mean, they're certainly paying homage to him because he is president of the United States, but not much. And a lot of this stuff is going around him and these conversations he's not a part of. This is one of them. And Reuters is saying that Russians' attack on Ukraine is going according to plan, according to what Putin told Macron on the phone yesterday. The violence, he said, is going to get worse. This is Vladimir Putin. The violence is going to get worse. He said the uh, that uh, to he told uh, Emmanuel Macron, the the French his French counterpart. He said uh, yet it would have been yes, late yesterday afternoon. He said after hanging up the phone at the end of the exchange, which lasted an hour and a half, Macron said, the worst is yet to come. And a spokesman for the Elsie uh, Palace said President Putin expressed his very great determination to continue the offensive, the aim at which is to take control of the entire country of Ukraine. President Putin and the Russian army operation according to this phone call, is operating according to their plan. Of course, they would say that. I think they got surprised. I, I mean, just from what I've read, I'm not an expert on all that, but from what I've read, uh, it looks like to me that Putin was a little bit surprised and a little on his heels, and so he's become much more aggressive. He did not expect the resistance he got from this little country out there on the edge of Russia, but uh, not so much. They are responding with great amount of resistance, and a great amount of resolve and courage, for sure. But anyway, he said the Russian army operation is developing according to the plan. And he said it's <clears throat> going to get much, much worse if the Ukrainians do not accept surrender terms. And of course, that's part of the plan, the psychological part of warfare. But nonetheless, that's what was said in this conversation last night or late yesterday afternoon. And as I said, the news media is not talking about that much this morning. I'm, I'm sure it will make its way into the news, and it will be used in various ways to stir up things and used as a crisis, of course, by some. Have you noticed that people, there's groups of people, various groups of people, our, our own government is certainly one of them, our leadership, they're always they're always talking about a crisis that's about to happen. 
I I understand that sometimes you got to stir up the troops, <clears throat> you know. But I noticed an article. I'm not going to talk about this today, but I'm only going to mention it in passing. I noticed an article today that USA published. And the headline is big. I mean, it's like an inch tall on the page. And it says, it could happen tomorrow. Experts know disaster upon disaster looms for the West Coast. Well, it caught my attention. I mean, I'm kind of an ordinary guy out here. It caught my attention. I looked at it. As I said, I'm not going to go through the whole article. There's just too much there, and it's not worth it. But my point is that they're always trying to create this crisis or report on a crisis about to happen. And no more, no, nowhere more do they do this than in this climate change thing. And I thought, what is this about? Well, it's about earthquakes. And the story begins with this. It's the elevators that worry earthquake engineering expert Ken Porter. Scientists say a massive quake could strike the San Francisco Bay Area and other parts of the West Coast at any moment. And when it does, San Francisco and other places can expect to be slammed with a force equal to hundreds of atomic bombs. Well, boy, if you're starting to feel a little peaceful, that can wake you up. Hundreds of atomic bombs are going to hit the West Coast. Maybe. And it goes on and on, and it describes how people will be caught in elevators and they won't be able to get out. It goes on to say that people will be calling for uh, rescue people and the police and so on, and they will not show up because they can't. I mean, man, it's like, wow, this is the end. And it's going to happen any moment. Well, natural disasters do happen at any moment without, usually without advanced knowledge, unless it's a hurricane or a something, see it coming with a satellite. But there's always this drumbeat that is telling us it, it's, it's bad and it's going to get worse. And there is a thread of truth in that. But amid the chaos of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, we're also getting some pictures and short stories of something that is also happening on the ground, as they say, in the country of Ukraine with all of this stuff. And it is horrific. Putin is evil, underscore evil. But in the middle of the war zone that is producing these daily pictures and reports of bombs and rockets and tanks, directed by a despot intent on recreating the old Soviet Union, that's what he's trying to do. There are images that are inspiring and affirming of God's grace and God's love and the spirit and the grit and the determination of the Ukrainian Christians. I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about that. And also put it in the context of the fact that those of you listening to this program, and I know you can be listening anywhere in the world. We do have people in Europe that listen to it. We've heard from them. But you're probably not going through right now, unless you are in Ukraine, going through what they're going through at this moment. It's horrific. But we all go through terrible times and difficult times and chaos. I'd like to talk to you a little bit today in the context of the news, as we do every morning on this program. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about comfort in the midst of chaos. As I was trying to 
clear my head this morning, not my memory, but of all that was said and not said at the State of the Union Address, it was very disappointing. As I was trying to clear my head a little bit of some of what's going on in Ukraine, because it's so strongly Christian, but regardless of that, it's human. And the way that Russia is beginning to to kill people indiscriminately in this country, for no reason. They didn't provoke Russia. They didn't do what they told them to do, but they didn't provoke them. I thought we would take a moment today and just talk about some of the Christians in the middle of the war zone in Ukraine. Get a spiritual update from the front lines. George Thomas is a senior international journalist. He's a Christian. He's an excellent journalist. He's with the Christian Broadcasting Network. He was talking about the general attitude of the people. He says the general tone is one of determination, of courage, of a fighting spirit. This is Ukraine. He says many of those that he's spoken to on the street are in awe of Ukrainian President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. He said, someone said to me the other day, he hasn't even shaved. And look at the way he's rallying the country, rallying the troops. He's in the trenches. And he really is. He's out there fighting with these people, the president of the country. (laughs) Don't think about that too much in regards to our own country and president, but you can fill in the blanks. But Thomas says this Anastasia Lena, she's 31 years old. She's a former Miss Grand Ukraine. That's like their American uh, beauty pageants that we have or whatever. She's training to go into the fighting. In fact, she may be in it by now. This report is a couple of days old. Multiple media outlets, he says, reported that Lena, the 2015 Miss Grand International Beauty contestant, she reportedly took to social media and she's planning to defend Ukraine. Well, I looked into that a little bit and indeed she is. In fact, I found her her um, her web website or her, her social media. She's got a picture of herself with his machine gun. She's serious. And she's going to be one of the soldiers or is one of the soldiers to defend her country. She posted it just a few days ago. She says, everyone who crosses the Ukrainian border with the intent to invade will be killed. (laughs) She wrote that on Instagram. The Daily Mail out of London noted that Lena is among the many local Ukrainians rising to take a stand against Russian aggression. She reportedly posted on Instagram photo holding a rifle, they say. Well, as I said, she did. I included that in an article that I wrote on our website today, faithandfreedom.us. You can see up there, and you can see the picture of her in her Instagram. We take our, we make our best efforts to verify what we talk about on this program, and it takes time and it takes effort. And many of you, when you write to us and support us, you you mention that, and I appreciate that because I believe you're worth it, and I believe if we're going to do this, we need to do our best every day. Maybe some days it's not that great but our best every day to please God and to give you information that's correct and useful and helpful. That's what we do. And so many of you mention that in your notes or whatever you send when you support this ministry. And I want to thank you just deeply 
for your support of what we're doing here. We couldn't do this without you. This was an experiment from the day we started. It's been, what, eight, nine years? eight or nine years now. It's been a while since we started on ACN and we're on some other stations now in Seattle and Portland and California and and Tucson and Arizona and so on. But I want to thank you for your support. And this is a month to month um, operation. We're not big. We don't have some big, you know, entity behind us to take care of things if we don't hear from the listeners. So keep that in mind and thank you in advance for your support. We need it. Every month, we need it to meet our budget, and I want to thank you for that. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Back to Ukraine. The people there are responding, and that's my point. Lena's story is not only the latest to emerge in Ukraine, as thousands of people are rushing to enlist in the military. Among the masses, they're taking brave steps. Some are deeply prominent people willing to risk their lives for the cause. They are what our greatest generation was in World War II in America. Are we that way now? I don't know. I don't know if we've become so obsessed with gender pronouns and transgenders and getting blacks here and no whites there and browns over here and so racist in our attempt, apparently, to become not racist. I don't know what the readiness of our military is. I know there's wonderful people in the military, but the leadership concerns me. i got to be honest with you. It's very concerning. I see the guys like Millie and these guys running around. I mean, God bless them for their service, but are they really in touch? They weren't in Afghanistan. I hope they are now. But Ukraine reminds me of what I have read about and heard about as a child, people talking about it after the fact, about World War II and the Americans who put it all on the line. The fight is here, (laughs) they say. Zelensky, the president, he was offered an evacuation out of the country They offered to get him out of there, other countries, including the U.S. You know what his response was? He said, the fight is here. I need ammunition, not a ride. Then there's this guy, Vladimir Omelian. He's a man who served as the nation's infrastructure minister from 2016 to 2019. He enlisted in the military here a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago now. He said goodbye to his family. He says he's confident Ukraine will be victorious. These people believe they can beat Russia. He said, I'm not a natural-born killer, and I never dreamed to be the type of guy. He told NPR, their people are on the ground there, a lot of journalists are, as you know. He noted, though, that he plans to defend his nation and his loved ones. He said, we will win. Then there's this Dr. Marta Yuskev. She's a mother. She joined the military a couple of months ago. As issues with Russia intensified, she's now planning to leave her family and fight. Dr. Marta Yusuf. She said, I need to go. I won't allow them to take our land and our freedom. They don't believe in our right to exist. We have to defend, and we will defend. But in all of this, there is a comfort in the chaos. In addition to the stories of ordinary citizens, and some not so ordinary as in the case of the president, there's stories about the Christians. And there are many, many Christians in Ukraine. I've had contact with them in the past. I've met with pastors. 
I haven't been deeply involved in Ukraine as I was in many other countries in missionary work, but I've had contact with them. I know them, and I know quite a few Ukrainians. But Thomas, the journalist, he offered a lens on how Ukrainian Christians are handling the deadly uncertainty. With faith, this is what he saw. They have faith, love, and they are appealing to the gospel. They are living by the gospel and they are sharing the gospel in this time of chaos. As Russian troops storm the city of Kiev, a woman is seen praying in front of a monastery with her hands raised to heaven, crying out to God in the middle of the street. As Russian troops storm the city of Kiev and they're doing that as we speak, this woman is seen praying with her hands in the air. Thomas says the evangelical church that he visited over the weekend is not only praying and worshiping, but it's also actively engaged in being the hands and feet of Jesus. The pastor of the church, in essence, set the tone for this past Sunday. Thomas said he got up to his congregation and he said, as we worship and come into a time of praise and worship, all the songs we sing today, we sing keeping in mind what is going on today in our nation. Well, they would keep in mind because the bombs are going off right outside the building. But they're having church and they're worshiping God. It's touching. I haven't seen the Christians in Ukraine, but I've seen them around the world in these various countries living in chaos, different kinds, but always a despot behind that, like Putin in this case. Thomas said the church service was very moving. The congregants, including some who had fled other areas of Ukraine, were fully engaged from the front row to the back. I put a video in the article that I wrote today on our website, faithandfreedom.us. I put a video on there of some of their praise and worship. I got to tell you, when I saw this for the first time, I wept. I looked at it again yesterday was the first time I saw it. I put it on our website this morning in the article that I wrote. I I watched it again and I wept again. These people are being pressed to the limits. And they're praising God. And they're standing strong. And they're believing. Believing that they may prevail by the grace and power of God. They may prevail in this war. But even if they don't, they're saying that they trust God and will serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Thomas says his air raid sirens blared. He was taken into an underground shelter used for the people trying to escape the chaos of war. The Christians told him, this is what people have to face now. As the worship service continued upstairs, Thomas was showing how the church is setting up pillows and sheets and assembling clothing and toiletries for family after family after family that's being driven by their home. Not by persecution, by bombs blowing up their apartment, blowing up their home. Thomas says they are already five families living in the church, more coming. The service continued. Staff members were hauling mattresses up two flights of stairs to create another space for a family that was on their way because their home had just been blown up. As I watched this video of worship, this service, I got to tell you, open hearts praising God regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what we're faced with today. God is greater than all of that. And God is faithful. God is in control.
There's comfort in the chaos. I'll see you right here tomorrow.